Amen. Well, you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Why don't you join me just at the very onset here in prayer. We'll just thank the Lord for the wonderful presence of the Lord to just move through the aisles. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you so much for such dedication that's in this building. There's a dedication, Lord God, to the principles, to the purpose, and to the fullness of who you are. And I thank you, Lord, that that's in this church. And so, Lord, now we just jump right on in with all of that. And thank you, Lord. Today's service will just be a tremendous time in the Spirit, in the Lord. And I just release my faith right now for bones to be healed. I thank you, Lord, for uh, there's something in the ankle that even right now is beginning to just move. Well, there's a heat that's just moving into that ankle. And there's movement now without pain. And there's stability where there wasn't, but there is now in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you. Lower back. Thank you, Lord. Lower back is being healed. Father, I thank you that there are infections in the bladder that are disappearing. And we'll give you praise, Lord, that right now there's a blood work going on. Amen. There's anointing and presence and power in blood that's just actually changing somebody's life right now. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There are certain things in the blood that are leaving right now in the wonderful name of the Lord. And I thank you, Father, that there's a clear path for that blood to flow without obstructions, and that's taking place right now. Lord, we'll give you praise that disease doesn't have a chance like a snowball in hell of living. Not very much longer in the next couple of minutes. Thank you, Lord, that disease is dying, that you're just doing amazing things. Someone's hearing, Lord God, is changing as we speak. And there's been chronic headaches with an individual here, and that's done. That's completely done. Amen. You'll have to just adjust yourself because your life will be changed forever. In your precious, wonderful name, Lord, we thank you. Even skin is being healed up. Amen. Skin is being healed where there's certain marks on the skin that might represent, uh, you know, certain things that the world now has accepted to be so that you can get into the beautiful sun that God created. And then all of a sudden it causes you to become cancerous. Well, glory to God. That's just a worldly terminology, a lie from the devil. And I thank you, Lord, that skin now is being healed where there's been damage. Thank you, Lord. There's a lot more. To, oh, glory to God. There's a lot more taking place. There, are, there is a breaking and destroying of habits that have been wrong and that have been destructive. And there'll be a newness, praise the Lord, of such inner strength and resolve to an individual where it won't be your strength, but it'll be his strength that'll lead you out and give you victory. Praise the Lord. And you'll begin to taste the victory where you don't even have the desire any longer, and you'll never want to go back. Praise the Lord, you'll never go back. Praise the Lord, you'll never want to go back. Father, you're doing a lot of things in that wonderful name, and we thank you for it. Heaven's just moving on this place. And Lord, we just want to be accurate with all that you want to do and say, Lord, 
La jurubre ne fafafalobre meti sai. Eleri gurushti did loglondo. For now a path has been set, and there are many now that are ready to walk on this path. A path of great victory, a path of great strength, a path with many miracles. Praise the Lord that will bring many people even into this place. But it's a path of great consecration and a path, praise the Lord, of, of great focus indeed. So let it be that even today it was spoken that if your hearts are hungry and your soul is thirsty, that you'll begin to walk in a new place and it will overtake you. And you will begin to sense even in the days and just very few short weeks ahead that something has changed inside of you. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit. And there will be so many that will be said that even from this very moment that their life has changed, the course of their thoughts have changed, and the course of their desires has changed from this very moment. And Father, I thank you. It's necessary. It's necessary for some that are in the fray to come into the fold. It's necessary for those that are in the fold to, Lord God, be those who are full of the Spirit. Praise the Lord and walk in the fullness. And so at every level, Lord God, we will step up another rung of the ladder and to another place of the Spirit. And this day, Lord God, holds all of that and more. In your name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, amen. It's good to be with you. And uh, it's very nice to have been asked even when you don't even know who in the world we are. Amen. So that's great. Amen. Your pastors took a step of faith to have us come, and we believe the Lord will honor their faith and do something that he can do. Amen. And it won't be attributed to me. It'll just be attributed to him. Will Will you believe that with us? Amen. Well, this is my wife, Erin. If she'd just stand for a moment. Amen. You know, all those years traveling on the road where she was taking care of babies and raising them, and of course I was too, but you know, just had to travel quite a bit without her. We started our lives together traveling with the Lord, you know, and together in the things of God. And so it's so fun to actually be back to those days where we're traveling again. You know, you, your kids grow up and then they leave and some come back. It's like a country song. Amen. <laughs> and, and we actually have one of them back now, but uh, brought the husband and the little baby with, and they're with us, and uh, we're actually thrilled about it. It's just a good season for them to be with us at our home, and, and things that we can further impart unto them as uh, they, this is our youngest and her husband, as they endeavor to go out into the ministry here. Uh, we trust uh, a little longer than they think, but amen, uh, just to get some of those good Good starting principles, you know. Uh, today, I, I thank God for those that can step right from Bible school into ministry. But we learned different. We learned where you step from Bible school into serving someone else's ministry. In fact, we learned that so well, it's hard sometimes to be the minister. Now, because you still are better at serving than you are at actually doing what you do. So uh, it's just a a good time for us to help that uh, young one out. And then we've got two other daughters. You know, uh, uh, we we believed our third one was going to be a boy. So for nine months, everywhere I went, I got the people to agree with me. And uh, 
They said boy three times, and then I found out how much faith they had. We had another girl. <laughs> so, so we closed up shop. We thought we'd just, you know, populate the female race. And we went out and bought a couple boys. They were white and fluffy. And uh, <laughs> since the girls named them, poor first one was named Muffin. But he got fixed. He didn't know what he was, you know. So, and the second one, his name was Mitch. That was a little bit better. But anyhow, they're going on to doggy heaven now. So we're right back to just enjoying one another. And that's great. Amen. So glad to have Erin with me. I, I always want to lay hands on folks with her helping. I like that so much better than just me anymore because she's learned how to transmit that power. Well, what power? Oh, there's power in this room. There's electricity and glory from heaven in this room. Amen. You say, there is? I don't see any. Do you see the uh, microwaves in here? Do you see the radio waves in here? Do you? No. Do you believe that you could turn a transistor on as long as you tuned in, get yourself a station? Amen. Yes, you do. Well, we can turn you on. We trust and tune you in in the next few moments, and we'll have heaven's radium, heaven's life flowing through your body. Amen. And it'll kill sickness. It'll kill disease. Amen. I remember being in, in uh, uh, I won't tell the whole story, just real quickly here, in Idaho at uh, my brother-in-law invited me out for a golf tournament. He did that two years in a row. We didn't win, so I've never been invited back. But anyhow, we certainly had a really fun time. While we were out there, there was a guy from one year to the next that was a real handsome guy, uh, real outward type person. I'd always call, say he was running for mayor. You know, hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? You know, type of an individual. And uh, the next year I went out, he just looked real thin, real gaunt. You know, his, his face was, was uh, you know, he, his face was real light. Uh, looked, looked like he, something was wrong, his hair salt and peppered in one year. And uh, I knew something had happened, asked him about it. Here he had fourth stage prostate cancer. And uh, he told me, uh, he said, I've done everything I can do. God, you know, God blessed him with a couple of businesses. And uh, so he'd gone around the world trying to find alternative methods. He said, next week, he said, the doctors are turning me out to see. He said, I've been through all their programs. They can't help me. Nothing's better. He said, they said, I'm dying. I said, so you're without hope. Is that what I'm getting? He said, well, I don't have any hope as far as man's concerned. I said, well, I can help you. He looked at me and said, what are you going to do? I said, would you remember what I am? He said, you're some type of preacher or something. I said, that's right. He said, so what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to kill your cancer. He, he said, how are you going to do that? I said, you'll have to wait till tomorrow to find out. And I just walked away. <laughs> he said, why, why were you so rude? Because I approached him. Now he needs to approach me. So the next day we got there, I'm sitting in the cart, and I saw this guy up on the cart. And he was looking over his cart like that, so I just hunkered way down in mine. And I told my brother-in-law, I said, Kevin, drive away real quick. He said, why? I said, Alan's looking for me. He said, well, don't you want? I said, no, he can't find me now. 
I said, he needs to, he needs to wait on this a little bit. So we, we waited until the, that tournament day was over, but now everybody's eating lunch. And then they're going to go back out in the afternoon. And so when lunchtime came and he was with all his buddies, that's when I, that's when I did it. I, I walked up and he was sitting next to a guy and I, I said, I said, hey, hey, don't, don't, don't mind me here. But I just went like this and I pushed his chair over. And then I said, Alan, and I pushed his chair over. And then I went and grabbed an aluminum chair and it was on concrete and I dragged it. Which made everybody look, say, who's making all that noise? And then I pulled it up and I said, hey, I'm going to sit next to you guys. And I said, now, and I talked real loud right in front of all of his friends. I said, and, and I'm going to tell you now how I'm going to kill your cancer. And then I started talking about Jesus, started talking about the death, the burial, the resurrection, the wonderful glory of Christ, amen, that he took upon his back our stripes, praise the Lord. And with those stripes was our sickness and our disease, praise God. And that's how I'm going to, he said, when are you going to do this? I said, tomorrow after we play. I said, after the tournament's over, I'm going to come to your house. He said, you're going to come to my house? I said, I'm coming to your house. I said, just get ready. And I said, I stood up and I pushed a chair back, made a bunch of noise, grabbed this other guy, pulled his chair back in, pulled Alan's chair back in, and said, I'll see you tomorrow at your house. And then I dragged that chair back to the other table. (laughs) On purpose, I was making myself a horse's rear. That's what I was doing. Why? Making a point. When I got to his house, he was all dressed real nice. We were dressed because, you know, we were going to have the, the ceremony where all the awards were, you know, on a nice dinner. And I walked into his house, sat down at their table, met his wife. They both sat down. And I started telling them a story, a story about um, uh, healing and how I was uh, coming home from a meeting. It was a Wednesday night. And... Um, I got a call at 5 o'clock from Mark Bazee's ministry. And they said, can you come into the service early? There's a young girl here that's got leukemia. She's 16 years of age. The doctor says she's going to die. Would you come in early and pray for her? I said, okay. And I was kind of a little bit thinking, why don't somebody else pray for her? So, but anyhow, I got ready and I went. And when I walked in the room, there's all these ministers standing around. And it it just kind of just tipped my boat. A little bit, you know? I'm not, I'm not like fragile in my thoughts, but it just kind of irritated me. Like, like why, why'd you have to call me? All these other guys are here. And some of them, you know, we're actually in Brother Hagin's healing school too, you know what I mean? And, and preached in it. So why'd, why'd you call me? So it just kind of irritated me a little bit. And I looked to the guy that brought me in. I said, get me some oil. Yeah. And that little guy went into his pocket and it took him about, you know, almost 20 years to go into that pocket. <laughs> Not really, but it was funny. It's kind of like seeing somebody's phone go off and, and they can't get a hold of it. They're so nervous because everybody knows it's them, you know. And finally, he pulls out this little vial. I said, what in the world is that? He says, special fragrances from Israel. I said, oh, my goodness. Go get me a pitcher. He said, I said, get me a pitcher. And the guy runs, you know, into the... Uh, kitchen area while I'm standing there, and here's this family with a father and a mother and this young girl right there, and her hair's all a mess, and she's got a mask on. Of course, we know what that's like, you right? And, uh, no, well, good, good. But I'm saying the world knows what that's like. 
And so uh, he comes out with this pitcher completely full of golden oil. I, I was a little bit shocked. So you, you, you did it. You got a pitcher. I grabbed that pitcher and I walked over and I looked at her and I said, you see this right here? I said, this whole thing's going on your head. I said, it's going to mess up your clothes. It's going to mess up your hair. But why would you worry about that? You're dying anyhow. And I said, see this picture? It represents the Holy Ghost. And there's a lot of Holy Ghost that's getting ready to come on you. Amen. We poured that picture on her. I just looked at her in the name of Jesus. He said, that's all you did? That's all the prayer we needed. Three days later, every cancer cell disappeared. She's completely healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I looked at Alan's wife and I said, go get the oil. She jumped up. She went into the kitchen. All you heard was cupboards. And finally, she came out with her hand on this skinny little thing of oil. And she came out. She said, this is all we have. She said, we're Italian. You might not want to use it. I said, why? She said, it's garlic oil. I said, really? I said, I can't put garlic oil on him. He's going to stink. We're ready to go to a, you know, to a, a, a ceremony and a, and a dinner. I said, all right, all right, all right, listen to this. I said, we'll give you another example. I said, I was in Ocala, Florida years ago preaching. <laughs> God's healing people. And I finally got right down to where there was a lady in a wheelchair. Older, dear lady. You could tell she had a real, you know, beautiful smile on her face. And I looked at her and said, well, Jesus is going to heal you right now. I laid my hands on her and said, now get up out of that chair and walk. And she leaned forward like this. She said, I can't. And I said, but I said you can. And she said, but I said I can't. I'm thinking, you know, you're messing up my healing line. Can't let you win. So I said, where's God in all of this? And she said, Sonny, that's a real good question. I said, oh, dear, dear, dear. I said, you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, have you? She said, not that I know. I said, give me your hand. She can't get away. I said, give me your hands. And I said, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You'd believe Jesus is God's son? She said, well, of course I do. I said, then accept him in your heart by just simply embracing what he's done for you. And I led her in a real simple prayer. The moment that she said amen, I said, now, get up out of that chair. She jumped up and she started twirling like she'd been a dancer all her life. Amen. I looked at Alan and I said, are you ready to have Jesus come inside of your body? Because the moment he gets inside your spirit, he's going to change your body. I prayed for him. He grabbed his heart like this. He said, I feel something wonderful right here. He began to weep, you know. And I said, well, it's not just in there. It's also yes. everywhere. Four days later at Salt Lake City, out of eight that had the exact same diagnosis, seven died. They looked at Alan and said, can't find a trace of cancer in your body. You've been set free. You've been healed. I was telling a woman that on a phone. Her name is Natasha. She's 38 years old. She had an eight-year-old son. When her husband found out that she was uh, uh, filled with cancer, it metastasized through her body, he divorced her. Nice guy, right? Wow. Left her so that she would never be able to raise her son. 
Her father took her to MD Anderson as a last-ditch effort to see if there was some type of new medication that could be given to her. They walked in, took a look at her, looked at her chart, and walked out. On the way out, they said, get your house in order. You're dying. She said, I can still hear the door close. I called her up. I said, this is Jim Hockaday. She had no idea who I was. I said, number one, do you know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? She said, I could answer. This is her email I'm quoting. I could answer that question because, yes, I had received Christ as my Savior. He said, this minister second asked me, do you know for sure that God will heal you while I'm talking to you on the phone? She said, I don't know anything about healing. So I said, I'm not sure about that. He proceeded to tell me story after story after story of people being healed from cancer. Right in mid-sentence, he stopped and said, do you feel that? Do you feel that? That's your healing. She said, actually, I did. It dropped me to my knees. It's hard for me to tell the story. She said, for the first time in my life, I lifted up my hands and praised to God. My dog, who never barked, started barking. I felt power and warmth go down into the lymph nodes that the doctors said were newly infected with cancer cells. She said, I knew in my heart that God had just done something, but I'm a medical nurse. I wanted to read it for myself before I told anybody. Ten days later, I got the report back from oncology, and it read at the bottom of the report, there is no cancer left in your body. Someone's being healed in this room right now. (laughs) Can you feel that? The presence of the Lord. Turn your Bibles over to Mark chapter 5 for a moment. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's why we preach, you see. We preach for the sole reason of stirring up within you an awareness of him. And we preach because as we talk about him, it gives him freedom to manifest himself. It's a win-win on both sides. When Jesus dealt with uh, unbelief, the first thing that he did was he went in a circuit teaching, preaching, and then healing. People came to hear and be healed. You don't have to say anything in order to heal somebody. We know that because there were 70 other disciples besides the 12, and Jesus reversed the order when he gave them command. To the 12, he said, go preach the good news of the kingdom and heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Amen. Freely you've received, freely give. To the 70, he said, heal the sick and then preach the kingdom of heaven has come nigh. You say, why would he reverse the order? Well, the 12 were high profile. There's people to this day because we traveled with the Ramus Singers and Band with Brother Hagen and we're in front of 10,000 people a night at camp meeting. There's people to this day that know us that we don't have a clue who they are. And if I came to them and said, now, we're going to tell you about Jesus, they would listen just out of due respect for Brother Hagen and that we served him. There are pastors today that will have us in because they want to honor Brother Hagen. And they've told me the reason why we had you in because you served him faithfully and we want to honor you for serving Brother Hagen. 
so they would listen to me if they remembered or recognized who I was. And then I could minister after I told them some things that stirred faith up in the room. I could minister healing to them. But the 70, no one even knows who they are. So what's the prescription for getting people to listen? Heal them first. Amen. So thank God there's things happening in this room even right now. Who already can tell that some type of pain has just disappeared in your body and there's movement? Who already can tell? There's a woman right back here. I'll get your testimony in a second. What's, what's happening? It was my lower back. Yeah, what took place? Oh, don't worry about it. No one's looking. They are. They are. Due to pregnancy, I guess I was just sitting too long. Yeah. And um, it was just hurting. And yeah. Not, well, it was because it's no longer hurting. Yeah. Did it hurt when you bent over and all that kind of stuff? Um, just sitting. Just sitting. sitting. Yeah. And now it's, it's gone. Yes. Hey, man, is it gone just for today? No, sir. Oh, just wondering. <laughs> hey, man, that's good. Someone else. Yes, ma'am. What about you? Yeah. So my uh, rotator cuff. Yeah. My right rotator cuff. Yeah. Um, seven months ago uh, was the worst it's ever been. Yeah. And um, praising and worshiping the Lord and believing uh, from some things that uh, Kevin and Annie said. Yeah. Just, just by watching, believing, hey, it's the same age as this one, and this one's fine. Right. So just keep praising, and it's gotten better, and I'm feeling it today Good. Good. better than ever. Good. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Don't let the devil talk you out of your testimony. Praise the Lord. Who else? Yes, ma'am. What about you? We did have an earlier service, yes, everybody. Yes, we had an earlier service, and you said, and stuff is happening in the room right now, and, and then I felt like a grace wave, mm-hmm. like, like you're at a beach, but it wasn't water. Sure. <laughs> and... Um, the bottom of my spine has been broken for years, and sitting has been painful. That's why I kept, like, sitting and sitting, like, okay, okay. But I've been here now for quite a while since this morning and since that prayer, and I don't have any pain. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wonderful. Who else? Who else? I got the end of one sermon it was in actually in Glenwood Springs um, and years ago. And this one person had been doing this to me every time I looked at him. <laughs> like I'd look over here and they'd go like this. And then I'd preach and I'd come back and then they'd go like this. So after the service was over, after done preaching, I said, who, uh, I said, why don't you tell me the testimony of what happened? He said, how do you know they had a testimony? Because they're the only one doing anything. <laughs> And so they said, well, actually, I had LASIK surgery done. I said, just this last month. And, and, and they said, one eye sees amazing. The other, it went the opposite direction, and I was almost left blind. But while the service was going on, I'd been checking it. I said, yes, I know. <laughs> and they said, it's perfect, just like the other one now. And someone said, well, I want that too. Well, you're just sitting there like this. There's all kinds of healings in here, some of them, and most of them take some cooperation. Yeah. 
So while one person is saying, man, this is, this is healed, someone else should have just immediately jumped up and gone, I'm, I'm getting that too. I'm getting that too. We have to train people how to get in healing meetings. Amen? They're not as pretty as normal, healing, as normal meetings. People doing, doing stuff, you know, because things are happening. Amen. Come on, just conditioning you, just getting you ready for what God wants to do. Okay, here we are, verse 25. It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood 12 years, suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had. Actually, we used this in uh, the first service, but now we're going to see it in a different light, okay? When she heard about Jesus, came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body, she what? She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction, and Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Notice Jesus felt something discharged from him. The woman felt something uh, released or imparted into her. So there's feeling going on. No, I've been around certain individuals that want to talk you out of everything. I'd rather talk you into everything. Like there's people that will say things like, uh, what happens if it doesn't work? And I always say, but what happens if it does? Like I'm willing to be the, the goat that it doesn't work, that it just might. Hey, man. What about you? You only got one life. And maybe we could say it hadn't been necessarily that great up to this point. So why not have some change? And get out of the way and let God just do something. Might be awesome, right? So we see something going on here. I want to read a couple other translations because I think it's just really powerful. Authentic translation said, Jesus also was immediately aware that power had been drawn from him. So when she touched him, she drew that power out of him. And he was immediately aware. Hmm, that's a really good word. What? Aware. What are you aware of? When you listen to people talk to you, you'll find out they're aware of their flesh, they're aware of their symptoms, they're aware of what doesn't work. When you hear most preachers talk to you, you'll find out what they don't, what doesn't work, they're aware of their flesh, they're aware of the... Amen. People are always aware of the negative. When you listen to people talk, they talk about the negative of people. If you're around somebody and all you pick up on is their negative, that means you're negatively slanted. That's why you see things that are wrong all the time. Why don't you see things that are right that blesses you about that person? So what are you aware of? Jesus was aware of the power. Because the moment it left, he was aware of it. When I was talking to that lady on the phone, all of a sudden, whew, did you feel that? Yeah, yeah. Did you feel that? Now, let me just share this with you. I could have missed it as easy as anyone else and just sent something and not said something. Yeah. 
But the reason why I sensed something was so I could say something. So it was my acknowledgement of what I sensed that made it work. Or she'd have died having the power released, but not acknowledged it, which is how you receive it once it's released. Amen. Amen. So if you're following Jesus' ministry, it'd be really good to be aware of the right thing. Listen to this. Wade translation said, Jesus becoming conscious that the healing power within him had been active, had been in active operation. So he became conscious that what was in him, so that means he was conscious of it in him when it wasn't active. What he became conscious of, what was in me just got activated. Oh, that's good. That helps me. Because that lets me know I can be conscious of him at all times. And then I can activate what I'm conscious of. You're trying to tell me you can be conscious of the other world? Well, you're in two worlds at the same time. Your flesh contacts this world. Your spirit contacts the spirit world. And where your mind is set will be the world that means the most and that you have the most affinity for. So if your mind is set on this world, you will be really good with your flesh. How many of us this morning don't mind admitting, I am really good with the flesh? Amen. I mean, I mean, you can be just in the right frame of mind and just like that, yield over to your flesh. Why? Because we know this world really well. Why do we know it so well? If we're in two worlds, because we spend most of our time thinking about this one. What if you let your mind go to the world of the spirit? What would happen? Well, uh, David Horton's mom, Jerry, years ago, had some skin cancer. And like little skin tags, they showed up all over her body. And of course, she's an old Pentecostal, so she's in prayer, believing God. But nothing has necessarily at that moment changed yet. And she's in a hotel room that has two corners that face the outside, and she's on about the eighth floor. Do you know what I mean? She's in a corner room, so one, one wall of her room goes up against another room. One wall goes up against the corridor of the hallway, and then two walls are there for what? The outside. And Jesus walks in one of those, which means he didn't use the fire escape to get there. He walked right in, walked up to her and said, as you know, I am your healer, turned around and walked out. From that, morn, from that moment, every one of those little skin tags dried up and just flicked off and she was done with it. Now, what made the difference? She was already spiritually alert. What made the difference? Her soul went from from the place of struggling with the flesh, the soul went in to the spirit. 
And the moment the soul went to the spirit, it released the spirit to be the spirit. So what are we holding back because our soul meter is stuck over here in a rut in the flesh? And the answer would be, we're holding back the Holy Ghost and his power and all God's goodness and all of his blessing. So I'm seeing something here about Jesus. He was aware. Smith translation said, Jesus instantly perceived that healing power had passed from him. I like the word instantly. Something went, huh. And later he thought, I wonder if it, no, he didn't wonder if anything. He was attached to it. He was aware of it. And his thoughts were always with the Father. How do you know his thoughts were always with the Father? Well, because he said, I don't do anything unless I see my Father. So everything Jesus did was what the Father was doing. He said, I don't say anything unless I hear my Father. So he was saying things constantly, which showed you that he was attached constantly to the Father. This is why he had success. He didn't come here to be attached to this world. He came here knowing his place in heaven, even as a 12-year-old boy. You've got a young daughter sitting here. Wouldn't it be interesting all of a sudden if she said, I must be about my father's business? Who in the world told her? Well, see, isn't that interesting? That Jesus figured it out. Something kept going toward the spirit and toward the other world until Jesus just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. He let it go. And all of a sudden, God became real to him. And he realized that God in in heaven was his father, not Joseph. At 12. That's pretty good. Well, that's because he's Jesus. No. That's because... As a young boy, he stepped over into destiny. And each one of us can too. This is good. I got one more, maybe two more. It said 20th century translation. Jesus instantly became conscious that there had been a demand upon his powers. And the Passion Translation said, Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed. Wait a minute. Stop right there. He felt the power that had always surged around him. What do you mean around him? Is that what happened with Peter? They threw people into the street so that they might get into the shadow of Peter. Can you imagine that someone throwing them in the street? I mean, what, what happened when they hit the street? Well, as long as they could, you know, get them in that little circle, <laughs> they hit God. Amen. The one that didn't make it, ooh. Right? My point is, something was around him. Hmm. Now you think about the Mount of Transfiguration. It says, as he prayed, isn't it interesting? Not after four grueling long hours of prayer, the power began to resonate. The moment he actually began to interact with his father. Okay, so wait a minute. 
Does that even possibly say any area where we interact spiritually with God releases glory? Does the amount of glory to be released possibly have something to do with our awareness that it's there? Huh. Because otherwise, you just shake hands with somebody and (laughs) they're just zapped. And we shake with hand, people's hands all the time, and nothing happens. And how come? Because maybe we're not aware. I was in a Hispanic church in San Diego, just minding my business at the very back of the auditorium, watching all these young people and even some of the older people, and they were moving in ways that was just like, and I'm just watching, I'd like to do that. But I don't know which way to, you know what I mean, to move. And I'm thinking, Lord, look at, look at them worship you, and they're so free, and I want to do that. And this family walks in late, three kids, a wife, and a, and a husband. To the kids, I just smiled. You know, to the wife, I acknowledged her, and she did me. And to husband, he just immediately stuck his hand out, and I shook his hand. And then I went back to just watching as in my peripheral, I saw him take about eight steps And then he turns around like this, and he just puts his hands on his hip, and he just looks at me, and now he's looking up and down, up and down. And I'd just been to the restroom, so then I immediately, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I don't, I don't have, I didn't step on toilet paper or something, you know what I mean? You know, those are, those are horrible things. Have you ever seen somebody that had been to the restroom, and maybe their skirt is tucked in, you know what I mean, to their drawers or something, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or they got a... They got a, a little stream, streamer that they're walking with. You ever seen that? And you feel so bad, but you want to tell them. You know what I mean? Wouldn't it be horrible if they went the whole day and no one told them until they found out? So anyhow, I just, uh, and then I'm fine. I'm thinking, fine. So I just went back to watching and just praising the Lord. And then he left and went towards where his seat was. When he got to the row, he turned around, just went like this, just staring at me. So I'm thinking, something's wrong. You know, and, and what I thought, my mind, you know, and I hated that there were carnal thoughts because I'm supposed to be preaching real soon, but I thought, I'm minding my own business, just mind yours. <laughs> he went into the row, wasn't in the row for probably 10 seconds, And all of a sudden, he just stood up like this, and the chairs went flying, and he pushed his family back. He got out of the row, and now here he comes. He's walking right at me like this. And it was a horrible, carnal thought that came to my mind. I heard my dad say, if you ever get in a fight, hit him first. (laughs) That's what came to my mind. So I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm going to pop you. And he comes up right in my face. And I've got the five-fold ministry tucked behind my hand, <laughs> my back. The prophet, apostle, pastor, and teacher, and evangelist. I was really needing that evangelist part. So anyhow, he looks at me and he says, what'd you do to me? And the moment he said that, I knew where he was going from. I said, I shook your hand. I said, why do you ask? Tears just began to flow. And he said, something's on me. He said, something came out of you. What is it? 
And I said, that's just God's love. I said, you'll be fine. Just tapped him on the back. I said, go have a seat. Isn't that interesting? It came out. Jesus was aware. He was aware of what? The power that was always coming out of him and around him. Wait a minute. Can I re- let me read the rest of this. It said, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed in the crowd. Isn't that interesting? Now, in the original language, what that actually means, the power that was coming out of him, it means it was dancing, twirling movement, and vibrating. Now, I was in, I was in the, you know, the, the prayer and healing center. Uh, this is back in the day. So, so I, I, I had the pleasure of traveling with Brother Hagen and the Raymond Singers and Band and being a part of the crusade team. And that's where, of course, we met the Durants some 35 or more years ago. And uh, they are special friends of ours. And Erin, when we married, she was in the group and she traveled for a couple of years with Brother Hagen as well. We just had some wonderful times. When that was done after seven years for us, the Durants were there for much longer, like I think 10 or more. Um, then Brother Hagen asked me to do the prayer and healing center. Well, this was all news to me. I had two sermons to my name uh, and they were both lab sermons. That's only 12 minutes apiece. So I had a lot of studying to do very quickly, and it ended up becoming taking other people's sermons and shrinking them on the copy and putting them in my Bible and acting like, praise the Lord, I knew what I was doing. And those only worked so well until I found out that when it came to actually healing the people, most everybody for the first three months was dying. And then I realized you can't just preach somebody else's stuff. God's got to set you free with revelation that means something to you. So anyhow, coming from this kind of a background, now we're in prayer and healing school, and, and we're ministering on a regular basis. And we're having to become aware of God ourselves. Well, I thought I was experiencing his vibrations one day preaching in prayer school because uh, it was back when we still had the lavaliers. It was a long stem like this attached to your belt with a cord that went to the wall, and then you had, you had a little um, you know, microphone that you attached to your shirt. And of course, back in those days, you'd be preaching, you'd have to grab you know, the cord, and you have to throw the cord to get out of your way, push the cord around like this, throw it like this. You'd always be working that cord, sometimes balling it up, putting it behind you. But we learned to do that, having traveled in different singing groups and that type of thing. Um, that wasn't so difficult. But while I was preaching, all of a sudden, I had this vibration. Oh, wow, that's a special touch of God. Amen. And I just kept on preaching. And then a couple seconds later, all of a sudden, it was a long vibration. It went And I thought, something's not right. I grabbed that battery pack and picked it off. And there's two little wires there just drilling me in the back. I was being electrocuted. Come to find out there was an evangelist lab that was right before prayer school, and one of the evangelists doing his little 12-minute sermon got so excited, he took off running and forgot he was attached. It ripped that thing apart, and they just stuck it back together with wires hanging out, and I've got that on my skin. That's not the vibration we're talking about. We're talking about real vibrations 
dancing, twirling movement that was coming in and out of Jesus. In other words, it was life from another world that was moving in and around him. He walked in that. You mean you can become conscious of God and sense him even in this physical realm like he's a real person instead of just a fictional character in a book? Oh, everybody, come on. This is where it starts to get real meaty here because the moment you treat God like he is real, he becomes real to you. If you treat him like he's locked up in the book, like a genie in a lamp, he'll never be real to you. And it takes the realness of God attached to what you believe for any miracle to happen. They don't happen because you believe if you don't turn him loose in the process. He's in this room. Hey, man, he's in someone's gallbladder here this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's in someone's legs here this morning. So let me tell you a story here, and then we'll minister. I'm traveling in the group. And it's all new to me. I grew up Baptist. It's all right. Now, we get you saved in a heartbeat yeah. after we told you you're going to go to hell. <laughs> Four years of age, I knew the Roman road. Wages of sin is death, gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. None are righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, thou shalt be saved. The heart man believes in the righteous, confession is made of salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Roman road. I took my friends at four years of age into the closet. Because the preacher said, if you pray, you go behind the closed door. And I'd quote them the Roman road and say, do you want to get saved? And those that said yes, which was just a few, it was a very easy salvation. Those that said no, I'd hold them down in a headlock until they said yes. A little tougher of a salvation, but I had 100% salvations. So we'd get you saved. But we didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost. And now everything is about the Holy Ghost traveling with Brother Hagin. Hey, man, I remember my first crusade, Washington, D.C. I was on the end. Annie was next to me. She was in charge of making sure I, stood on, I, I stayed on beat. I was clapping like this, and all of a sudden, this nice hand touched. She said, stop. I said, Stop. I'm clapping. Everybody's clapping. She said, you're on one and three. You need to clap on two and four. I said, what's that? Listen to the snare drum and, and clap with the snare drum. Do you ever remember seeing girls that, that are doing the, uh, that's right, girls, girls that are doing the jump rope? And you got the third person that's going to get in? Well, that was me. It's kind of like Alf when he was trying to get on the escalator. Okay. And then finally, 
And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so much easier than... So here I am in the end, and I hear the laughter of Brother Hagen. <laughs> and if you've ever heard him, his laughter will make you laugh. Yes. <laughs> and he's doing this. He's moving from where he was over there towards me. <laughs> and he just started laughing. And he stopped right about two feet away. And I'm singing, blood bought the church, the redeemed. And all of a sudden, my knees gave And we are in that army of the Lord. And for the first time, I felt something in my knees and in my legs. And I, all he's doing is going, ha, <laughs> And then all of a sudden, he moved back. And when he moved back, I was able to stand right up and just, and I'm singing away. And then here he comes again, ha, <laughs> like, like initiation for the new guy. <clears throat> and, we're, and he's two feet away from me, and he just laughs really hard and goes. And the next thing I knew, I woke up underneath the piano, across the stage, behind two or three pots of reeds. And I'm under the piano. I don't know what I've done to get under there, but I must have done something. Because I went through the reeds like that and looked, and Mom Hagen's in her little dress doing her little thing like this. Dad Hagen's doing his little backward thing like this. Amen. And people are running all over the place. And while I'm looking, I'm laughing. And the more laughter I had, the more I felt a little bit, ooh. Now, again, remember, I grew up Baptist. I didn't drink anything. We didn't go anywhere. It was a real boring life. At 12 years of age, us boys were playing in the creek bank, and somebody left a Miller Lite there. There was a, against a couple of rocks with the stream coming down, and there were patches of ice and snow. It looked like the perfect commercial. But then I would have ruined that because my friend waded in. He got it. We chipped it on a rock and got that off. It's like a perfect commercial. Miller Lite. He took a swig and went, whoa. I took a swig and went, oh, my God. And spit that out. I thought, that is horrible stuff. People do that on purpose? So that was the extent, you know what I mean, of anything I've ever done, you know? And so I'm... I saw friends getting high. I saw friends getting drunk. But I was the one that, you know, would drive them home or the safe guy, you know? So here I'm saying, whoa. And the more whoa I went, the more huh, I laughed. And the more I laughed, the more whoa there was. And right in the middle of me feeling like, I think I'm getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, somebody comes behind me and goes kapow and smacks me right on the back. And this big face came down right next to my face and said, Jimmy, get out of the spirit. It was Ray Jean Wilson. And I said, why do I want to get up? My God, I just got in. He said, Dad's getting ready to do a healing line, and you have to catch the people. And then I thought to myself, oh, it wouldn't be good right now if I caught him. <laughs> sorry. Ooh, Sorry. 
I mean, there's times when we caught a jacket and no one was in it. <laughs> but at least we got the jacket. You know what I mean? One day I had hair. Oh, no. And I thought, where's the back? Where's the bangs? How do I get it back on? I saw this lady down there and she goes, Stuck it back on, then laid back down. <laughs> We've seen some stuff, you know. <laughs> now let me give you let me give you a warning here. Never, never, if Ray Jean Wilson tells you to do something, stop. Don't move. And listen to God first. I said, how do I get out? That was the wrong question to ask him. He said, go into the bathroom, put water on your face, and do jumping jacks. Do you know how many men that came in to use the facilities freaked out when they walked in and they saw me? They just walked around, because here I am doing jumping jacks with water dripping off my face. And somehow, some way, Brother Hagen is so gracious, he allowed us to stay and learn one step after the other until one night at, at a camp meeting, 10,000 plus people there, he starts with his feet together to do this number. And I'm thinking if you'll move your feet, you won't wobble. Weebles wobble and don't fall down, but I was told that Brother Hagen would. I was put in charge of making sure we didn't drop the profit. I argued and said I thought this was a no-profit organization, but that didn't help anything. Remember, I was Baptist. We didn't have those in our circles. We only had pastors, evangelists, and missionaries. But now this group of people had prophets. So here he is, and they told me, don't drop him. Because when I asked them, what happens if you do? They said, they'll lose the anointing. I said, oh, man, I won't drop, I won't drop him. So he's wobbling that, and I came right up and got right next to him. How'd you, how come he got so close? Because Brother Hagen had skinny legs and a big belly. If he started going over, if you didn't get underneath and get him, you'd go over with him. Is this too much information? So anyhow, I'm right there. He'd move, I'd move. He'd move, I'd move. He didn't know I was there. And he said, well, as you can tell, I can't come down there to minister to you. The anointing of God has settled down on my legs. I'm going to have some of these young folks come down there and minister to you. And as he normally would, he immediately called in. He said, Annie. And he turned like this. When he turned, I turned. He still didn't know I was there. She came up walking like this. She knew the drill. She came walking up like this, immediately had her hands out. He put his hands in her hands. And he said, now go take this down to the people. And she just went like this and walked off down to the back stairs back there so she could get down to where the people were. I'm not thinking. I'm just paying attention so I don't drop the prophet. But he would always use Dean, the drummer, and the drum set was set behind, way a distance back behind where the podium was. 
So he wheels around thinking he's going to find Dean looking straight right in my face like this. And he goes, ah, because <laughs> I scared him. And when he did that, I got scared. I went, ah. <laughs> and then I couldn't move because I was nervous. And so then he started to go this way, so I went this way. And he did one of those things where you're kind of trying to do that. And after the second time, he, he went like this, going, eh, like he grunted at me. <laughs> so I stepped back, and when I did, he just starts going from the shoes all the way up to my head, to my hair, and then back down. He goes, oh, all right, you'll do. <laughs> and he's like, thank, thank you, too. You'll do, too. So he said, put your hands out. So I put my hands out. And he put his hands into my hands. And he said, now take this. And when he said this, the word this, take this, something went into my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Take this to the people and minister it to them in the name of Jesus. And then he went a little further. He said, make sure you use the name Jesus. And I thought, I read your book. (laughs) I'm a graduate of your school. You want me to say in the name of Ted? <laughs> Sammy? John? What do you think? And so I got this little attitude. What do, you, what do you mean? Oh, are you kidding me? First of all, you looked at me and said, oh, all right, you'll do. Now you're like in front of 10,000 people. Make sure you use the name. <laughs> that little blonde hell fellow there, Brother Hagen had to tell him twice to use the name. Thank you very much. So now I've got this power in me, and i got to take it to the people. Well, I didn't know if the Holy Ghost would be okay if I put my hands in my pocket, because I know he's in there. <laughs> But Annie seemed to have her hands out like a platter, so I kept them out like a platter, and I just walked down to where the stairs, and when I hit the main floor, and I still had to walk a long distance to get to the people, that power that was in there now started a heartbeat. And I'm like, there's something really in my hands. And as I walked towards the people, the closer I got to them, it went out of my hands, and started coming up my arm, and I had gloves on. Now, you ask me when I went to say in the name of Jesus if I knew or was aware that something would go in, and I'm telling you 100%. I barely, that'll be it today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just a brother, some of both. Because then you begin to feel it and you begin to sense it. And I got in front of them and it came out of my hands and went into them. And that person went, pow. Now it was different. See, I caught all the people with another guy for Brother Hagen. Sometimes there'd be 3,000 people, we'd catch them. We weren't smart enough to get a whole team and you catch one and just rotate. So we call them all. And Brother Hagen would go, ha, ha, and he'd start running. Huh? If we had one of those charismatics that went... I just clip him in the knee and say, you're down, buddy. I got to keep up with the prophet. <laughs> Amen. 
I wanted to lay hands, and they crumbled. Now, in, in my carnal mind, I stepped back, and all I could see was, because it was so real. The further I went, all of a sudden, I got to somebody I laid hands on, wasn't ready for it, had never experienced before, and it came out of my elbows, not out of my hands. To me, it seemed like I went from a six-shooter to a because when I ministered to them, not only did they fall, but the usher who caught them, they both went down. At the end of the line, because Annie and I are ministering, at the end of the line, I laid hands on this lady, and my hand was stuck. It came out of my belly. Out of your belly. In other words, I went, and I started falling, and the usher. Now, Brother Hagen would do that all the time. Because I'm the first one in line. I catch the person passing, and I hold Brother Hagen up. I just thought it's because he was old. <laughs> Not knowing that the power could come out so radically that he'd go right over with the person. See, the power came out. <laughs> it came out of him. It was twirling and dancing and vibrating. We've got to get back to the place where we all start vibrating. Yes. Yes. And the coolest thing is, you don't have to be weird. That's right. this is, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> People today, they have one experience and then they try to duplicate it. Just be normal. But if you'll talk about them like we're talking about them right now, it makes it available and it makes it tangible. Now, listen real closely and then we'll stop right here and we'll minister to people. All those years in healing school. One day, Dad and I went out to lunch. And in the conversation, he just stopped. And he said, Brother Jim, how does it work with you? And I thought, wow, that's awesome. He's asking me. And I said, well, you know, that tangible anointing works just like it does with you. It'll, it'll flow out of my hands. I said, Dad, for a period of five years, I went dry where I felt nothing. And the Holy Ghost said to me, you're ministering because of the sensation or the feeling of that anointing. Now it's time to release it by faith. And I said, do you know that I doubled, tripled, and quadrupled my results because I didn't have to feel anything. I just know I have it and I can send it when I know I have it. The Bible says the woman knew the word new means experience. The woman was experiencing that power went into her. The Bible says, and Jesus knew that power went out of him. See, that's part of the whole key to faith is the awareness of God. We got to let the Holy Ghost be involved in our daily walk, and he will be involved in your faith walk. Instead of making it so, if you will, just by textbook, without God, that's where we're not seeing the results. Because the moment you let the Holy Ghost be involved, you will always have glory, glory, glory. So over in this section right here, heart disease. Anything with the heart in this section, come on up right now. Anything with the heart. If it was just for you, praise the Lord, aren't you glad that it was just for you? Aaron, if you come help me. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. She's going to put her hands right there high on your chest. Well, that's it. There it goes right into you in the name of the Lord Jesus. That'll be the end of that heart trouble. Praise the Lord. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. I seem to sense that there's someone else that's had some uh, rhythmic problems. Heart right over here. Who is that? Come on up here, sir. Don't miss out. Come on up here. Don't miss out. Praise the Lord. Well, I don't want anybody to see. Well, they already see, so it doesn't matter. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's good, right? You ready for that to stop? Ready for everything to stop. Yeah, yeah. I, got the, I get the twirlies and I get yeah. all kinds of things. That's right. I got to stick for. Yeah, well, maybe all that just disappeared today, right? I'm, that's what I'm hoping. Okay. Well, why don't we just lift our hands for just a second and begin to feel him? Because he's actually living in you. I mean, you are saved, aren't you? Yes. Yeah? Well, then he lives in you. Amen? Yes. When you eat too many, you know, too much Mexican food, you, you, know, you know it's there. <laughs> right? Yep. So if you can be aware of things that are inside, you can be aware of him. I'm aware right now the power of God's all over you. Hallelujah. And all the twirlies are just disappearing right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Today will be one of the best days of your life. Wow. Wow. Come on, sir. Come on, come on. You just got healed. You just got healed. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You just got healed. Wow. Now, if God just did something and he did, don't you think each moment of your day, you can experience new wonderful experiences, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this afternoon, instead of just, just sitting to maybe watch a game or whatever you might do normally on a Sunday afternoon, why don't you pick out a couple things you haven't done in a while and then get busy? It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and that's why you're a faith person. Because you're willing to do what? Look past what you haven't been able to do. Look to what he can do through you and step out and give him the opportunity to show you how powerful he has made you to be. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's... What are you thinking? What's going through that mind of yours? Something, right? Not much. <laughs> well, it's good. The less, the better. Peter was doing really good until he began to think. When you think, you sink. So why not not think and just do? Huh? Yeah. That new Maverick movie, I had to watch it about six or seven times just for that line. Don't think, just do. Come on, kid, don't think. Just do. All of a sudden, and he puts it in drive. That thing took off. 
<laughs> Say it with me. I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is, my healer. is my healer. He's living in my body. He's living in my body. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. And that means something. That means something. Amen. Amen. That's pretty awesome. Why don't you have a seat right there and just enjoy it? Well, what about you? Heart? Uh, well, except I got prayed for Friday. Yeah. And it's not the heart that's bothering me. That I yeah, really good, good. You got prayed for, yeah. Well, no, it's more my balance. So you can see I'm, I can't stand properly and a number of things. So yeah. It's, that's the real problem I need fixed. My heart seems to be okay. Yeah, because you got no, prayed for. No, before that even. The doctor's the only one that's telling me I got heart problems. Yeah. But he put a pacer in me too. And like I said, it's uh, everything's fine. Well, you know, if you, if you let them, they'll, they'll make you AI, you know? Right. You'll be, you'll be half machine before it's all done. Right? Right. Right? So it gives me an opportunity to say, all of you guys, listen up. Next month, there'll be a Friday night where Miss Annie Durant's going to be here right. ministering on healing. Amen. Every single one of you need to bring people. This is how you'll explode this church in this last day. Amen. People are so nervous. There's such a spirit of fear out there concerning sickness and disease. You guys need to get in here. So what, what happens if some of the really bad people go ahead and do another virus? Oh, you said that like people did the first one. Well, wake up, everybody. Yes, they did the first one. Huh? Uh, I was shocked, too, when I read over there all the things that are going to happen in the last day. You think it's just the devil, but it's people full of the devil that are doing these things. You get in on these healing meetings, and you watch how she talks. You watch how she walks. You watch how she ministers. It'll build in you that immune system that the next time something happens, you'll be the first one to stare it right in the face inside Double Dog Dairy to come to my home. Double dog dairy to come to my home. So you get in those healing meetings that are there. Amen. Sir, you stand there because you said you couldn't. Amen. I saw you came up. Give me your hands, brother. The wonderful name of Jesus Christ. That's it right there. Imparted into your body was that tangible presence. Woo. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Something pretty wonderful is happening to you right there. Amen. Come on, we're moving this service along. Pastor doesn't care if we're here all day. We do because we got to fly home. Amen. So turn around, come back here. In the wonderful name. Well, thank you, Lord. Sir, if you'll go home and just do a bunch of laughing. You got a nice laugh. Amen. If you'll go home and do a bunch of laughing, these symptoms will just begin to disappear. Amen. And the reason why you're laughing is because the devil's a liar. Amen. Amen. And if he's a liar, then everything he's been saying about all this means the opposite is true. You're a whole lot more fixed than you think. Well, strengthen the with good food and such, so that's Okay, why well, amen. If good, food, good. if good food was going to do it, you wouldn't be standing up here. Well, that's true. Right? And where do you find good food anymore? Right. <laughs> huh? 
I mean, everybody thinks that Chick-fil-A is the perfect place. And I saw a little video the other day that showed a four-month-old Chick-fil-A sandwich that literally looked like it came out of the oven. And, I, and next to it was a little drumstick of a chicken wing that was four-month-old that was molded completely because it was a real deal. So now you can't even ch- uh, uh, trust Chick-fil-A. You're getting preservatives, folks. Do you realize back in Jesus' day, they said, Lazarus stinketh, for it's the fourth day. We probably could go two weeks and not stink. (laughs) We're so overly preserved. But that's the reason why people suffer with sickness and disease, and they like that you do, because then Big Pharma can feed you all kinds of pills. And one pill that's supposed to help you will, will, will make you sick in four other areas. Did you ever wonder why you have to have 10 pills? It's each one counteracts the last thing. Well, then what happens to the last pill? What counteracts that? That's when you die. It's time, praise the Lord, to switch doctors. It's time to switch medicine. And get right back to where we were with Jesus many years ago. Amen. Go home and laugh it off. Amen. Do that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, for the sake of time, we're not trying to keep you. But we're going to do something uh, this morning because I have a sense that there's going to be a whole handful of folks coming forward. And that's totally fine. That's why we came here this morning, to impart this anointing. Well, that same anointing that was imparted to me that now is real to me, that same anointing was imparted to Annie that's real to her. And thank God, Kevin walks in that and Aaron walks in that. So we're going to be on one side kind of like days of old. They're going to be on the other side. When you come up here, the presence of God's going to knock your socks off. Now, let me tell you what we're not going to do. We're not going to pray for you. Why won't you pray for me? Because we don't need a prayer. We need to release this anointing. And we are going to send it into your body with enough force to kill a cancer, to drive out sickness, to bring mental strength and health to that little boy. We were in a church up in... in, in, uh, uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, little boy there, six years old in outer form, inside the mind of a two-year-old. Laid hands on him on Friday. By Sunday, he's acting so strange, strange meaning good strange, that the parents took him on Monday to get him checked in his mind again as to where is he. They checked him out as a six-year-old, put him in school on Tuesday. We've got a picture in our phone of a little boy that was Down syndrome. Within the period of one year, that little boy, all of his features have completely changed. He looks just like his mom. He's tested out over 90% cognitive ability, and now he's back in normal school. If you can get one, somebody help me with the math, you can get two. If you can get two, you can get what? Four. You see, once you start conquering these areas, it can be a snowball if you'll believe it to be so. It's time for us to see all this stuff happen. 
and we're living in the greatest day in the name of Jesus we are. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.